Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hi, it's Richard and Linda Ayer again on Ayers on the Road. We're glad to be with you, especially glad as Christmas approaches. It's a great time of year for families. It's a time when busy, busy parents sort of are forced into thinking more about their kids than they have for many weeks. Uh, that's true. <laughs> sometimes they, in a good way and sometimes in a... Their kids and everything else. It's such a crazy nice. time of year. Oh my goodness, there's so many things to juggle. But we think we'd just spend a few minutes today talking about a book that we did a long time ago called Teaching Your Children Charity. Yeah. Or sensitivity. It was in two different versions. Well, and it gets into what I think a lot of us are worried about this time of year. You know, Christmas, if we're not careful, can become a really selfish kind of a time. I don't mean to use that word in a in a bad way, but but kids, you know, when kids are only thinking about what are what are they going to get? What Santa's going to bring me? What what are you going to get? What am I going to get? And and you know we play into it as adults. We're like, what are you what are you getting for Christmas? You know, what are you asking? And it becomes this sort of self centered time if we're not really careful. But it's a bigger issue than that, isn't it, Linda? I mean, it goes all year. It does go all year, and it just occurred to me that wouldn't it be nice if when our children go around each other's houses instead of saying, "What did you?" get say what did you give did for you christmas give? Yeah, <laughs> this year exactly. we're a little way away from that but that's that's okay there's a certain balance there that's good. well it's one of the hardest lessons for for adults to learn let alone kids which is being extra centered getting outside yourself being mindful of other people seeing what their needs are and 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 sometimes we say well kids can't learn that you know i mean uh, that's a that's a tough lesson for anyone but you mentioned the book, Linda, and it is interesting that we had written two books that were kind of a little series. We'd written a book called Teaching Your Children Joy, and that was really focused on preschoolers. And then we'd written kind of a sequel for elementary age kids or parents of elementary age kids called Teaching Children Responsibility. And the natural question was, what comes next in that sequence? If, if the main thing to teach little kids is joy, and the main thing to teach elementary age is how to be responsible, what's the thing you teach adolescents? And our answer to that was, you want to teach them to be charitable. You want to teach them to see through windows instead of into mirrors. You want to somehow help them, at least in small ways, to be outside themselves and to, to be aware and sensitive to other people. And interestingly, years ago, we came up with a little idea and decided to gather all of the neighborhood children yeah. and teenagers in our neighborhood and have them present a little talent show to share their gifts with Christmas their parents concert. and yeah. our neighbors and then actually ask them to contribute because they were sharing their gifts to a great cause for children somewhere in the world. And it really has... It's been a great, fun thing, but we're past that well, now. Well, but it's expanded, and this thing called Children for Children Concerts, all of our kids are doing it, a lot of their friends are doing it, and think of the concept of it, because it ties right into today's topic. Kids well, put on a concert, they invite their parents and others from the neighborhood, and so the money that comes in, and they charge them through the nose. These things are expensive, well, right? You've no got to pay to charge. come and see your kids. <laughs> no actual charge. Well, sometimes there is. 
and then the money is now the kids' money, and they're able to give it. And guess what? We have an expert here with us. We have a special guest today on the show that has been doing this to the max this year. Not only with Children for Children, but in this next half we'll talk about another project that they've done. But it is really remarkable what has happened to the Children for Children concerts. And, and we're here with Shawnee Pothier. But we want to have Shawnee help us more than just with those concerts because many of you know Shawnee Pothier through her blog, 71toes.com, which gets into a lot of great topics. But we're in Arizona at Shawnee's house today. That's why we call it Ayers on the Road. Shawnee, welcome to Ayers on the Road. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here on the road with you guys. Um, well, you have had quite a season of giving mm-hmm. this year, starting with Thanksgiving. But wow, you, your Children for Children concert. And since we're talking about that, let's let's talk about that first. Well, that and about how the whole challenge, Shawnee, of getting kids to think outside themselves and be more empathetic. What do you think? Well, gosh, I'm so thankful for the things that you guys started. I love thinking about the ripple effects of par- intentional parenting. And I just, not to toot you guys' horn too much, but... <laughs> but <laughs> well, that's why we invited but I, you on. <laughs> but really, I am so thankful for those Children for Children concerts growing up. I don't remember really, honestly, to be honest, I don't remember really being too involved. I remember drawing a picture for the front of the program or whatever, you know, sometimes. But I think you guys did the most of the work but, well, you which was our problem friends. actually we should have turned but it not over really, because you. now that i'm an adult i am so impacted by that i feel like it and, and so that's what i want to say for parents i just it's okay if you're not doing everything exactly how you think because right. it's so awesome to look back and realize whoa that really impacted me and i don't know how much it really happened or how much i was really even involved but i want to do it with my kids so bad now and so i'm hoping that my kids will feel that someday when they look back on these children for children concerts we are really trying to get them to they have their own meetings before and they have we do it with our neighbors and they're in charge and and this year we chose an organization that we actually were able to go and work with in Africa last summer so that made it extra meaningful to us as family humanitarian which is a great organization but um i think it really helps to get kids just thinking about stuff but one other thing if i can go off the children for children yeah, thing for, for sure. yeah, but i th- one other thing to toot you guys' horn too is that um when <laughs> when we were little we um we used Christmas Eve. I remember you guys changed, instead of us giving each other presents on Christmas morning, we gave each other our presents on Christmas Eve. And I... The and children so that, to each the other. The children, yeah. yeah. Just the children to each other so that we could concentrate on the giving rather than the receiving. And that was all for the next morning. And I love that. And we've continued that with our kids. And it's it's my very favorite part of Christmas every year because those kids are so excited we draw names in our family. We used to draw names, and we used to go to the dollar store, and they would pick, they would pick something out for yeah. the person. Yeah. Actually, we did it for everyone back then when we only went to the dollar store. But now that they're older and we buy more, a little bit more expensive things like twenty dollars, they um, <laughs> they um, they draw names, and they are so excited to give it to each other. And the faces light up, and they are the person yeah. who's giving is always more excited than the person who receives. And I think that's just a great. I love that. You know, Shani, we get we get a lot of questions every year at this time from parents who are just and they put it in different wording. But the essence of the question is, how in the world do we combine 
the giving spirit of Christmas and, frankly, of Christ with the getting spirit of Santa Claus. You know, in mm-hmm. other words, how do you merge Santa and Jesus? And the best answer we've ever come up with is you don't. You separate them. Let Santa be his thing on Christmas morning when they can focus on what's in their stocking and what did I get and so on. But don't do any of that on Christmas Eve. On Christmas Eve, it's all about giving and the focus is on the kid who's giving. And all the comments from the parents and so on are not about, oh, aren't you glad you got that? They're just the opposite. They're, wow, what a sensitive gift. How did you decide what to give? The focus is all on the giver. And like you do it by drawing names, what we used to do is all all nine kids would have which a present for all of their crazy. siblings, which was crazy. That was crazy. But that- however you do it, the, the focus is just on that giver on Christmas Eve, and it seems to work to separate the two. Yeah, whether it's a $20 gift or a set of tablespoons, teaspoons, you know, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, for sure. uh, it really, it, it works. It's my, it was my favorite part too. I love seeing the, those big hugs after somebody presented a gift that they'd thought about and earned their own money for. It's really been awesome. Well, and I think what Shawnee's saying is this, you know, Christmas is a great time to talk about this, but it goes throughout the year. And and it's. I love that you said, Shawnee, you're not going to be perfect on this, and you're not going to suddenly transform your child into this empathetic little person who only thinks of others. Because it's, it's natural and normal for kids to be self-centered. That's yeah. part of being a child. Especially a teenager. Yeah, yeah. especially <laughs> a teenager. But if you can just give them a few things where they start feeling, wow, that felt good to think about another person. And I think it's really important as a parent to take time to be still this season and ask your kids how they're feeling. How did that feel to get that present? And how did it feel to give that present? And just even, because I think it's really important to teach kids to be wonderful receivers of things as well. I think we get so much in our society these days, and I think it's really important to be a really gracious receiver as well. But that's, by the way, that's a great point. And I think they're connected. Don't you, a kid who, a kid who is really, really grateful um, is also someone that really gets tuned in to, to giving. I, I can't quite explain that connection, but the, the, the connection between gratitude and giving is really strong. Yeah, actually, it starts with Thanksgiving. I think that whole, this whole season is so fabulous. I love it because it starts with Thanksgiving, and you have absolutely the mega Thanksgiving of all people <laughs> In the world, oh, I do have to toot Shawnee's yeah. little horn for a minute. It really is amazing what you have done this year. They have um, what they call a turkey trot, which is a fundraiser for two different organizations. Do you want to explain that? Yeah, a little tell bit, about Shani? the turkey trot now, and keeping in mind this is a macro thing. We're not suggesting, We're not suggesting that all this. you listeners. Yes, yeah, so I don't this. even know if we want to go into the turkey <laughs> trot. But, <laughs> well. <laughs> Let's talk just about a little it. Overview. Let's talk about how you can do a modified. Yeah, version. well, just a little overview is that we started the Turkish Trot. Actually, it's our really good friend recruited Dave to help him down in the retention basin in our old neighborhood nine years ago mm. to just gather and say, "Hey, we want to. Mm. We're going to do our own little Turkey Trot here." And a hundred or so people came that first year and ran a five k. Ran a five k, and we thought, as long as we're going to do it, we might as well do it toward a good charity. And so we have a local charity here called Brain Food that feeds um, kids who are needy on the weekends. They send food home in their backpacks with them on the weekends. And so we raised money for them. And then we have a daughter with some special needs and who is f- fighting blindness. And so we 
um, to half of the half of the proceeds from the Turkey, Turkey trap, we thought, well, well, we might as well give them to the families fighting our organization so that we can help with vision loss with all these kids with her same syndrome. And so it just kept growing and growing, growing, and, growing. and growing. And this year there were 4,100 people that were registered. I think probably 7,000 or runners, so there. Right? Those, are just runners, those are just runners. people running. Yeah, we've had to change race. the venue and it's great. And I just, I do really like it because our kids, whether they like it or not, they are very involved in the whole process of putting that on. And they know that it goes to really good a good cause. Well, especially your darling Lucy, because this is about Lucy's syndrome, and she was so adorable. Every year, she is kind of the star on that day, and she actually wrote, and I can't wait to read them thank you notes to the organizers, and she is the most fabulous thank you note writer in the world. Now, I want to say one of the things we try really hard on Iris on the Road not to do is to put parents on a guilt trip, and, and there may be people out there, and I say, oh, wait a second. We're supposed to help our kids be empathetic by putting on a huge event Absolutely and raising not. tens of thousands of dollars. No, I, that Shawnee, I mean, to me, that is the macro of this whole idea. Well, there's just so many others. different ways there's to do so it. Many you know, little there's little ways. things. And one thing I was listening to the other day, I, I love Emily Freeman, and she was talking about how um, around Christmas time she makes Christ really part of the whole season. And I. I think she talked about the different symbols that she has up in the house, and there's a lot of Santa things and a lot of fun with that. But right, right. but to equal that out with Christ, and I think when we do that, when we have whatever up in our homes that reminds us of, or whether we do an Advent calendar, an Advent actual Advent with talking about the different characteristics of Christ, and we really bring Christ in, and we take a moment to stand still and talk about Christ, everything else kind of falls into place. I think. Oh, I, I love that, Shani. That, I mean, that's why I said earlier, true. if you reserve Christmas Eve, not just for giving, but for Christ, because Christ is giving, exactly. that combination works. We're going to take a brief break, but when we come back, we're going to get down to the micro. like Things like, you know, if your child sees another kid sitting alone in the lunchroom and goes and sits by him, that's a, that's a fantastic little example of being sensitive rather than selfish. And a little bit at a time, one little thing at a time, helping our kids understand that. So we'll be right back after this break. Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And we're back. We're talking today about a wonderful topic, especially this season of the year, teaching children empathy and compassion and things that they need so much more than just the flurry of the crazy seasons. And we're, seasons. we're so glad to have Shawnee, our daughter, Shawnee Pothier, uh, joining us. And again, the, the whole idea here, and I'm glad, Shawnee, that you mentioned adolescents and teenagers because our philosophy, for what it's worth, is you teach little, little preschoolers joy, you teach responsibility to elementary age, and then you get these 11, 12, 13, and they start becoming, despite themselves, really sort of wrapped up. We call it mirrors. Everything they see is a mirror. How will this affect me? Should I be seen with this kid? Am I popular? Blah, blah, blah. It just it, it, clickiness comes in. It becomes such a tough time. And anything parents can do to try, by example, if nothing else, 
to teach this business of sensitivity. Now, we in our book called it Teaching Children Charity. That's a huge word, a powerful word, but you could view it as empathy or sensitivity. Well, we did another revision. Yeah, we did a second edition. Children and sensitivity. Yeah. But it's all about feeling what other people feel and really trying to get into help them. And, and frankly, some kids have this as a gift. Some kids just do it. I mean, you think about it, Linda. We yeah. had Talmadge, one of our sons, from the time he was a little boy. He's always, and you, Shawnee, I don't want to embarrass you, but I remember a, a party. We were at a sleigh riding party with you, and you were probably eight years old, and you came over to me and pointed at two kids who were off to the side who were not involved and were not having fun. Some kids do it naturally. They notice it. Other kids do not. We've got a little our youngest daughter has a little three-year-old right now who she's really worried about, probably prematurely because yeah, he's only he's just three. Yeah, going through an age, but yeah, he, all he, sure. he just cares about himself, and he's selfish, and he pushes other kids and so on. Well, we've all, all been that through stuff that. Works we've out. all been through yeah. that. It's, and yeah. there's all those stages, but wow, it really focuses in when you're a teenager because it is so um, so easy to just be totally wrapped up in yourself. What do you think, Shani? Yeah, I think there's so many good ways that you... As as the mother of teenagers. (laughs) Yeah, you've done such a great job with your kids. Oh, man, I I agree. It's just the hardest hardest thing. And I just... One thing that I love is that my friend was talking about one time when one of her, her teenagers was going through a really tough time. And she said, you know what, I'm really glad that you're going through this time. And I, I know that sounds weird, but I just want you to stop. And I want you to remember exactly how you feel right now. And I want mm, you to yeah. know the, how that feels and how that's going to affect other people. Identifying it, yeah. Exactly. And so and I just, it just makes me almost want to tear up because I think if kids can really realize how they feel when they feel left out, they don't want to leave other people out. They want to include and, and love those around them and make them feel feel happy and I just think that's a that's a bit that empathy is just really important to teach and I think it really is something that you have to actually spell out sometimes and yeah, say okay yeah. this is exactly how you feel let's talk about exactly how your feelings are right now whether it's happy or sad and then go from there and help them cultivate that for their friends and for themselves it makes me think Shani about you know we and this wasn't intentional on our part we weren't doing it to teach this lesson but you'll remember so well when we you know, we moved to England and, you know, just for a short period of time. And there you were as an adolescent in a new school wearing a weird uniform that you weren't used to. And you you and the other children felt so deeply that sense of newness and being out of place and, and being self-conscious and so on. And then I think that carried over. And when we came home, you were more able to notice new kids coming into your school who probably felt just like you had in England. Yeah, man, I think that hit me worse than anyone else in our whole family. <laughs> but I do. It was I, the uniform. Oh, it was horrible. <laughs> and I was just, in a, I was a shy teenager. It was a hard stage of life for me, but I was so grateful, grateful enough for that experience that I, I pushed and pushed and pushed and we got to go and live in China for a semester with our family, kind of doing that same thing that we did growing up with England. And I remember Grace wrote a paper in school called New Girl. 
and oh, she um, interesting. and she talked about how it felt to be a new girl and sometimes i think it's good you know we don't have to move to a different country to get that we just need to make sure that we identify those feelings with our kids and say how do you think they're feeling right now let's just stop and think about that for a minute how, how do you feel when you're in a new situation like that and i just think well, that's what i was going to say yeah. what about a kid who's fairly secure and, and the parents are glad you know you've got a, a secure kid who's confident and seems to be a leader and you know does a lot of things and He's never known those feelings. How do you get that kid to be empathetic and sensitive to feelings he himself has never had? And I guess what you're saying, Johnny, is you 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 paint a picture for him. You, you talk about it. Yeah, you say, how yeah. do you think so-and-so feels? Or how do you think this person feels? You know, this is taking me back to the time we wrote this book. And I remember at the dinner table, we decided to challenge our teenagers, because we had a bunch of teenagers at the time, to go to school and just... Find somebody that looked like they need some help. Yeah. And uh, I remember Sadie found a girl who was all dressed in black with black makeup and black capes she wore all the time. And they thought, mm, this girl might need some help. <laughs> but she <laughs> they couldn't tried do it. to empathize yeah, with her. They did. Though, but, yeah. they, but she couldn't do it herself. So she rallied her friends and they used to go and just sit by her locker because they knew where her locker was and just sit there. And then when she came, they just started talking to her and talking to her. And it turned out to be the most fun thing because they started inviting her up to the, their houses on weekends uh, for little get-togethers and so on. And she became a really dear friend. She became friend. a really dear she, But doesn't that even go back further? I, I seem to remember your mother telling you to go to a certain dance and find someone <laughs> less comfortable than yourself. Or just even to school the next day, right? Uh, yeah. I hated those school dances. And I was begging my mother to let me stay home. I, I kind of faked sick and that didn't work. And then I just, please, please, I can't go. I just feel so horrible. And she says, Linda, you go down there and find somebody who is more miserable than you. I promise you can find somebody. <laughs> and I went down there and I did find somebody and it was the hardest thing I've ever done. She became such she a good became, I've told my kids that story about 52 times. But oh isn't, it, isn't it interesting <laughs> that we remember those things yeah. from our childhood? We remember those even more vividly than we remember sometime when we were the hero or we won the game or we were popular or we got elected. Right. I mean, we remember those times, but we really remember the times when it finally got through to us that we should be thinking about other people's feelings. Yeah. I still remember your story, Dad, too, that you told me when I was a teenager that that still sticks with me and it's you were at a dance and there was a girl who was like the queen or something of the dance and she could choose her first person to dance with. And oh, out of yeah. all the kids in the yeah. whole school, she chose a kid that really had special either needs. had special needs or some something. But I just think that kids need to realize that they can be that example. You, after, you know, how many years has it been since that graduation? I from, still remember But you that. still remember that. Yeah. And so I think kids can be such a light to other kids. Another thing that I was thinking, too, is just I love what Sadie said that she just started with her family is that at night when they go to bed, they talk about how they were mindful that day. And I just think. Because mindful usually to to means re- yeah. you were aware of something. And you could else. and you yeah. could change that wording and you could just say when what did you who did you serve today? When did you go to-? But I just think whether it's a dinner or whether you're tucking kids in bed at night, um, it it's a it's a good opportunity to just talk through and be able to talk through those, you know, different feelings that the kids have had during the day and recognize how you felt. I just think anytime you can stop time and and think through those things is, is I'm really I'm so important. glad you're, you're on with us today, Shani, because I think that is really the bottom line and the key. And what it causes you, if you're mindful of it as a parent, 
and you notice someone that needs help, or you just notice someone that looks a little sad, or you give someone a compliment, or you say hi to a stranger or whatever, that's great that you said that example, but then you also probably need to find a time during that day or later that day to say, remember when we were at the store and, you know, what yeah. did you what did you see happening there? So the child now focuses, oh, yeah, you, you said hi to that person. You didn't know them. That, did they look happier after the interchange than before? And, you, you know, I think that's – I love how you said that. Stop time for a minute and reflect on what happened. That cements it in a child's mind. And isn't that the key to every parenting? Just we need to stop time every once in a while and just kind of ponder things. Yeah, deliberate. Be yeah. deliberate in your parenting. I think that's exactly right. And, I, again, I, I remember so well into trying to write that book and – I, it was the I think it was the hardest parenting book we've ever written because we kept saying, "Wait, we want to teach children to do this thing that we're not even very good at." You know, we want to teach our kids to be better than we are at noticing the needs of others and being empathetic and being charitable. And I remember we tried everything from the script. You know, I remember reading to our kids the scripture that says. Without charity, none of these other things matter. They're like tinkling brass. They're, you know, charity is what really, the pure love, that's what we want. But I remember in writing the book, we kept thinking, how do you teach that to a child? It turns out it's these little things mm-hmm. that really teach it, don't you think, honey? I do think that, and I, it is so gratifying to see, in fact, tell at one time when we did move we really kind of made it a point to make our children miserable when we were growing you up. Sure did. When growing up <laughs> we kept moving around just really we just wanted them to have a hard life <laughs> since that life was so easy otherwise but it really was so fun because when we moved to virginia at one point he was the littlest guy on the basketball team he had no friends he sat by himself all the time um at lunch and when he on his way home i remember him saying you know what I am going to back to high school, but I'm not going to sit by myself once a week. I'm going to find somebody that needs a friend. Ooh, that remind, remember, we, we just a couple of weeks ago, we met a, a, a mature woman who's about Talmadge's age who, who came up to us. And this is now 20 years ago, right? Yeah. And she came up to us and said, your son changed my life. When, I, when he came over and sat, he was a popular kid and I was... I was new and I was really awkward. He came and sat by me at lunch, and believe it or not, that changed my life. I mean, I teared up. Well, you know, you had to be able to feel. For him, he had felt how it felt to sit alone and not have anybody paying attention to him. And so that's when you can give the best. But it is it's so good in any case to look around and see who needs some help that is around you. So use Christmas time. We're going to give Shawnee and you the last word, honey. But use Christmas. This is our challenge. Use this funny, funny wording to use Christmas. But take advantage during this holiday season of some real focused effort on helping your children to think in terms of giving rather than getting. And the simplest way to do it is have Christmas Eve be devoted just to what the kids are giving to each other and to you and towards Jesus and his great example of giving. And you can kind of relax and just let uh, Christmas, you know, be its same. But don't wait till Christmas Eve. (laughs) Right, right. 
Right. Get that. work that in. Work that in. That was kind of Linda's phone. <laughs> <laughs> but I wouldn't. I, I just think I love the different things that we can do leading up to Christmas. I love light the world. If anyone is not doing light the oh, world, just so little things cool. like that that are that little ideas that really help. Just make a difference in somebody's life today. Just a little difference, even just a smile. Just a little. It all starts with little steps. Well, and you know what I'm thinking too is, <laughs> like so many things in life. The things we want most to teach our children are really the things we have to teach ourselves. And, so if, true. And, and, and your children, I promise you, parents, will notice things you don't know they're noticing. And if you are genuinely concerned about others during this season, and then if you stop time, as Shawnee said, and talk about how you felt with your children, they will notice it, they will see it, they will emulate it, and expect baby steps gradually. The payoffs will be when you see some little thing one of your children does that's really motivated by empathy, and you'll say, wow. And, and then when you do see that, wow, make that the biggest deal in the world. That's when you really, you want to praise a child more for helping someone else or noticing someone else's need. That's a bigger praise thing than when they score the winning basket or, yeah. or perform the concerto. And if you don't see that, don't worry. Just yeah. keep going. It's it's okay. That's like I think it's advice. I think it's so important to realize that it's it's a long process. And kids go through stages where you think they'll never see anybody else's need, and you'll be amazed. It really does happen. We're out of time, but thank you, Shawnee, for being with us. We'll have you on again because people love you and love your blog, seventy one toes dot com. And we will be back with you, loyal listeners, next week on Ayers on the Road. Bye-bye. 